It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Bawana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. We've all heard the expressions, when it rains, it pours, and April showers bring May flowers. Each of these expressions are significant because after every storm, the sun will shine brightly, revitalizing everything around us. We've all experienced heartaches and grief, feeling as though we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders, not knowing how much more we can bear. Allow me to encourage you today, don't give up. Trees lose their leaves every year, but they stand tall and strong because they know a brand new season is coming. I encourage you to stand strong because God is sending a new season your way. Understand this, if God showed you the obstacles that you would have to overcome in order to walk into your season, you would have quit by now. He's building your faith. Trust him because better days are coming. You sing good, 
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We have on the show with us today several individuals who we're going to have an open discussion about some of the issues we're having with youth and the community and the crime rate in our society. And we want to talk a little bit about that today on the Faith Connection Show. We have back with us on the show today and a part two, so to speak, with Calvin Brock. Calvin was on the show a week ago, and we really talked about a lot of the things that Calvin came through. But what we want to talk about today is the fact that Calvin is a part of the Charlotte Boxing Academy, and the Charlotte Boxing Academy is a program designed to help kids get off the street and find a positive focus in their lives. So, Calvin, we're glad to have you back on again this week. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. And we also have on the show with us today Pastor Cannon, who is pastor of the Temple of Bethesda in Huntersville, and he's going to bring us a fresh perspective from the idea that the church has to have a little bit more involvement in our youth. And also we have Pastor Melvin Leroy Tate, who is the pastor of Mount Calvary Amy Zion Church in Monroe, North Carolina. Reverend Tate, Reverend Cannon, we're glad to have you on the show. Good to be here. Good to be here. All right, let's begin. Let's talk about, you know, there's over 250,000 youth that were locked up last year for criminal activity. And when you're locking up that many kids across the nation, there's got to be something wrong somewhere. And what we're looking to do today is talk a little bit about how it is that organizations like Calvin belongs to Charlotte Boxing Academy and other organizations who end up catching these kids in the second stage of life. And most of these kids start in the church one way or the other. So what we want to do is we want to talk about how can the church and organizations like this uh, find that seam so they can make these kids' lives a little less vulnerable and more seamless in the sense that we find activities that will walk them into the next phase of life. Pastor Cameron, we're going to start with you. How you feel about the church and the church's activities and how the church could do more to help with this problem. Thank you very much, Dr. Miller. I think that there's there's a serious problem that we have with the youth as it relates to them being involved in church. Uh, I commend what my brother here is doing as it relates to mentoring kids and uh, youth and keeping them in going in a positive direction. But when it comes to the church, I think one of the problems that we have, or one of the questions that we should ask is before we talk about reconnecting the kids, we need to ask the question, why is there such a disconnect in the church? And this is only my thought, my perspective, but I really believe, especially with our young people today, is that our young people have become disenchanted with church. I think that they have had an opportunity to look over in the church and some of the things that they have seen in the church has really kind of turned their attention elsewhere. And I think the church needs to do some homework to, to regain our young people back in the church. Okay, now, what is your perspective on that, Pastor Tate? Well, I'm a boomer, and uh, this generation, there are parents who have not been churched, and now we have the children of parents who've not been churched, so you enter into second-generation unchurched uh, persons in the African-American or black community. The church has also postured itself to be adversarial when it comes to unchurched people. Mm. It's an us and them. And really we should be more compassionate, more sensitive, and realize that sometimes the attitudes that people have toward the church, the church has helped them to uh, advance those attitudes by really living out 
and become a self-fulfilling prophecies of being anti-engaging people in community. We're so busy being inside the walls that mm-hmm. we're afraid to come outside the wall and confront people where they are. And you have to get into the homes. You have to find out what's going on in the communities. You have to show yourself uh, loving and caring. And also you have to be there where the hurt is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oftentimes the church is in denial about anything that's not advancing the cause of the kingdom inside the four walls. There were a couple of things that both of you hit on, and I wanted to touch on those just before I go to Calvin. One of those ones is that disconnect. I don't, I mean, where do you think the disconnect is coming from? Do you think they've lost interest in the church, or do you think they feel that the church has no relevancy? I think it's really a twofold thing, and I think that there's been a loss of interest, um, as Dr. Tate has said, because the major gap with the, several, with the generations that are not church now. And I think that the church needs to go beyond the four walls and do some out ministry, outward ministries, and deal with the seriousness of the problems that we have today as it relates to our young youth. It is staggering to hear the number of youth that are incarcerated. And we look and the church needs to really step forward and do more than what we're doing to change that number. Now, Calvin, you know, the kids that you end up with, do you feel that, because you talked a little bit about this, how your life, when it was in shambles on the show last week, you talked about when you really got to that point where you just didn't know where to go, you knew you needed to go back to the church and find your roots, your spiritual roots. I guess my real question is, these kids that you take in, are these kids dealing with more complex problems? Kids, say, a decade ago were dealing with? Is that What do you find with the kids that you take in? The kids that we take in at the Charlotte Boston Academy typically are kids that are not performing on grade level in school, uh-huh. uh, have been in some trouble with the law, um, having some trouble with their parents, their parents bringing them as an extra disciplinary outlet to maybe help them be a better child. Mm-hmm. listen to their parents and we come in as a positive role model working class people individuals that's pretty much taking on a role as a father figure to these kids by working with them day in and day out and traveling with them and getting them exposed and to you know influence a positive human being principles in their life and change their course to where they will finish high school and go off to college through making it through boxing or the military. It's a good thing we're talking about this because thus far we've been concentrating on building the physical person and the mental person, but not the spiritual person. So, you know, partnership with churches and churches need to get more into like outside the walls. Reverend Tate, what are some of the things that you think churches could do in the communities that would really increase the visibility of the church in the lives of these kids? I think what we could start, an excellent place to start with persons like uh, Brock. He already has the organization. Mm -hmm. He already has an inroad to families and kids with problems, kids who need mentors. And what the church could do, and especially the male population of the church, could sponsor a child or adopt a child. And the only way you can transform bad behavior is show that you care and be understanding and help people walk through where they're hurting. Kids have many more problems than we have. We didn't have it. When I was a child, I didn't have it. It wasn't an option whether or not I was going to church. I was made to go to church. That's right. That wasn't an option. If you didn't go to church, you couldn't do anything else. 
But in these days, sometimes children are telling parents what to do mm. and what they're not going to do. To reinforce what's happening, the good role models, I think Brockwood, to me, it's an excellent opportunity for us to partner, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We already have something that's working, and churches are going to have to be more vigilant about being helpful rather than hindering and encumbering opportunities for children to have to live a better quality of life. A lot of people are saying, hey, we need more programs, but I don't know if we need more programs as much as we need more cooperation between the programs and the faith-based community that we already have. Like, for instance, I think a great partnership with an existing institution by a church would uh, produce thousands more opportunities for us to reach these kids. Because first of all, take for instance the organization that you're with, Kevin. That organization, if you had a some church organizations working with you, because I know you guys have to have funding and all that kind of good stuff to make this work, I think just putting a little mission money into programs like yours without creating a new program would give opportunity for your program to have a greater impact. Could you imagine Churches partnering with the Charlotte Boston Academy as a program for you that is an entity, a part of their church as a partnership, and kids seeing just a few visits from the minister or for some of the people show up at the gym and then having a church crowd show up at their boxing match. Absolutely. You're not going to just win over that kid. You win over the kid, you can win the parent over. Right. So then you're going to have the parent and the kid coming to that church and that's an excellent way to show love and support and grow your own ministry by outreach. You know, that's a great idea because, you know, I think that's important because kids need to see their church involved in their lives because what they're involved in out here in the, in the streets definitely is far, far from what the church believes in and what the church is trying to do. And not only that, not only that, man, I'm going to tell you one of the hurt, most hurtful things that happen to children is when they train in that, in our Boston gym and go to the Boston match and look out in the audience and their own parents not there. My goodness. Talk a little bit about that. Dr. Miller, the last couple of years, I had an opportunity to work with one of the local high schools. And one of the most disturbing things that I saw was when kids looked out into the audience at a performance and their parents weren't there and them come to me and say things like I I'm glad you're here and saying to me that I look at you as my dad and I appreciate you for being here uh, parents need to understand it is vitally important that we are involved in our young people's lives uh, we if we're too busy to be involved in their lives, then we're just too busy we need to make sacrifices to be involved in their lives because if not then they do fall victim to the streets Reverend Tank, you talked a little bit about this one time we, we had you on the show before. You talked about the fact that there is a missing component in the faith-based community now. Would you elaborate just a little bit? Because I think that missing piece is concluding that church and family are synonymous with one another. Uh, you send your children into someone else's care so they can have free time to go to the ball or get the hair done. That's absolutely it's right. babysitting. That's absolutely right. It's not really the emphasis on the child. It's emphasis on them freeing up their time to do what they want to do. Parenting is a 24-7 uh, mission. 
you can't give your children away to other people. So what I would suggest, and the other thing I'd like to say that churches have a lot of space that they aren't using. That's right. And a program like this in our communities, if we just open the doors and allow the space to be available for persons who care about, as my brother here cares about kids, it would make a difference. Because everybody can't talk to kids. If you don't have a genuine heart for kids, kids can tell it. <laughs> it registers right quick that you're trying to manipulate them for your own self-interest. That's not going to work. It has to be a genuine, from the heart, uh, caring person who is willing to go not just today, but to go all the way and help them to see themselves being the individuals that they can be, the potential within them. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful radio show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful radio show. Show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradioshow.com. The world premiere of the brand new single, I Can Love You Through Anything, by musician, singer, songwriter, and producer, Ken Hardio. I can love you. Featuring Charlotte, North Carolina's very own musician, singer, songwriter, music educator, and producer, Quentin Bethay. This song has a message of hope and healing for people of all ages across the globe. Get your copy now. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Play. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. You know, that's the interesting piece is, is that the scripture that we uh, often quote in the churches, when I was in prison, you visited me not. And I think it's the time to get them is before they get there and to head them off. But after they get there, I think there should be a ministry within every church that sort of partners with ministries like Calvin is a part of and try to find a way to mentor these kids after they get into the system as well as before they get into the system. Because if we don't try to find them in the system, they will forever be lost in the system. Because once they get a record, they then start to spend their time with other people who have records because they're no longer accepted in the crowd that people that don't have records and feel like associating with them is not the right thing to do. Mistakes is so much a part of life, and everybody makes mistakes. And we have to sort of teach these young people, and I think that's what you guys are doing, Calvin, teaching them how not to make mistakes. But if they do make them, there's a way out. We try to catch them and lead them into that college avenue or military avenue so that they can come out and be civilized, working class individuals. But 
at the same time, it's important for us to also build the spirit man part of them too and save their souls while we're there. And that partnership has to be made. And I'm glad that we're able to talk about this today because it has given me an added vision to the agenda that I already have to now start partnering with churches somehow. Okay. And I think that's the important part of, of every ministry is partnership. Because, you know, if we partnered, the strength that we would have in the communities would be unbelievable. You know, uh, unbelievable. If we could just partner one with the other, you know, and not worry about who's going to get the credit. I want to take just a half second to mention the fact that what you guys are doing is fantastic for the community. And I think, Pastor Cannon, you all have an outreach. I think in November, right? That is correct. We do have an outreach that is uh, taking place November the 16th from 11 o'clock at the Deer Hill Apartments where we're going and we're reaching, uh, sharing with the, that community. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Okay. And, you know, when we talk again, I hope that you guys will tell me that y'all are partnering with Calvin and y'all oh, have some kind of ministry going on in these communities that are bringing some of these kids right off the street. All right. Thanks again. Appreciate all three of you being on the show. And we look forward to the part two because we're going to come up with a part two for this because I think there's much more discussion that needs to be done with this. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. Even when you feel like giving up on people, remember, people, even more than things, have to be restored, renewed, revived, and reclaimed, and sometimes redeemed. Never throw anyone away. Everyone has value. Now
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose. It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement. And you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Bawana Miller Cannon with your word of the day. Life is a horrible teacher. She gives you the test before she teaches you the lesson. Mistakes are inevitable, but they're also lessons learned. You're not your failures. You're not your mistakes. Never allow your past to set a roadblock to your future. You can't drive an automobile from point A to point B looking in the rearview mirror, so why would you go through life focusing on what's behind you? Allow your mistakes to catapult you into the next level of life. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but rejoice because God is a God of a second chance. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We have in the studio with us today, Calvin Brock, who was a contender for the heavyweight championship of the world. And Calvin, we hadn't heard a whole lot from him in quite a while, but Calvin has gone through some really dark spots in his life. But then, you know, he has a real testimony of triumph. And we wanted to have him on the show because we know that all of us are going through some kind of challenge. And these challenges require that we develop faith from other people who've come through. And Calvin's had such a successful life as a boxer and an Olympian and Calvin uh, went pro at age 26 at 30 he was 29 and 0 when he fought for the heavyweight championship and that's sort of a major accomplishment and the thing about him is Calvin is from right here in Charlotte North Carolina and graduated from UNC Charlotte so Calvin it's great having you in the studio with us today and we're looking forward to a great interview and making that connection for our audience today. Well, thank you, David. It's a pleasure, you know, having me on the show today at Faith Connection Show. Well, you know, Kevin, I wanted to begin a little bit, and let's talk about now. We, I've just sort of outlined some of the successes you've had, and but you know, everybody has successes. But the thing that really makes success so much sweeter is when you come through a dark place to get to that bright place of success. It was sort of the reverse with you, I think. You came through a very successful era in your life and and reached a point that few fighters get to, and which is number one rank boxing fighter. 
tell us, how did you get there? What brought you to the fight game? Sometime between the age of us, ages of six and eight, I asked God, you know, what is that you want for my life? You know, there's a lot of things out here in this world that I could possibly do. And I just want to be successful and happy. What is that you have for me? So he showed me by and blessed me with two sets of boxing gloves for a Christmas present from a relative. And I started boxing in the neighborhood with my friends. It was just me and my sister, so I couldn't box with her. <laughs> so... Yeah, and that's when he laid it on my heart at 10 years old that this is what I want you to do. Um, this is the answer to your question and prayer right here. And I got started when I was 12. My dad, mom told me no at first at 10 years old that it wasn't cut out for me. And I was just going to do like they did and go through college and get a job and be a businessman one day. And I told them this is what God has for me. So I just kept on begging and begging and begging until they took me to the gym at 10. And coach told me to come back when I was 12. So I to play other sports until I was 12 and went back at 12 and got started. Now, when you got started boxing at 12, I hear that your father was the person who sort of mentored you in the game. Well, what happened was I started with this 80-year-old man and I mm -hmm. lost my first four boxing matches with him. And he was at the North Charlotte Boxing Club right in, which today is Noda. that used to be just North Charlotte. And my parents said, listen, son, you know, this guy's older. He may have used to been a good trainer, but you know, let's go to another gym because I mean, we're not going to continue to keep bringing you to the gym and investing in your time and our monies and taking you to trips when you're not going anywhere with this mm -hmm. trainer here. So we went to over to the Police Athletic League. And at that time, Kelvin Seabrooks was IBF Bantamweight champion of the world. And two months after over there, he lost his title. And his, we went into the gym one day and nobody was there. And typically, the workout started at 7 o'clock. And we were there by 7. And then it was 7.20 and nobody. And Wonder why nobody was there. And then the coach, out of respect for us, he showed up, came down to the basement, said, you know, he wasn't coaching anymore. Told us what happened and walked away. And, and then my dad said, well, well, Calvin, you know, you must have missed God, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't quite. So that's somewhere along the yeah. line, there's confusion. Yeah, huh? you must have okay. missed God, man. This is it. Yeah. You know, so I said, nah, 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 I didn't miss God, man. I guess I'm going to just have to go find me a coach to live with or, you know, take going to a school that has boss. I'm leaving. Uh -huh. I said, man, you can't leave at 13 years old. You don't want to leave at 13 years old, do you? <laughs> yes, yes, man, I'm leaving. So he became my coach right then and there. If you went to the Olympics, thought you might be uh, a contender for the gold medal. That didn't happen, but you came back and turned pro at 26. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, and then from 26, you had, um, I think at that time you won 29 and 0, and which made you number one rank. Right. Um, and then that's when you had the opportunity to fight Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko, mm -hmm. right. Now, that fight, a matter of fact, I watched that fight, and I think you did a great job. I mean, because this was after that fight in 2006. You were 31 years old when you fought that fight. Right. Now, that's a little bit old for a heavyweight, or is it not? No, it's not old for a heavyweight. It's a good age for a heavyweight because heavyweights can bust all the way up until they're in their early 40s. Oh, okay. Because you know, we typically grow into our bodies later. Okay. So it's not so good for us to start so early. You know, it's good to start early so you can learn how to get hit. It's bad to start late as a heavyweight because you get hit too much okay. learning by getting hit by bigger, bigger and stronger, harder-hitting men. But you have more time. As heavyweight, so most boxers today's time don't challenge for a world title until they're in their thirties. Okay, and then after you lost that fight, then you were preparing to get back to that point again, and that's when your tragedy hit. It was when, in the third fight after the loss to uh, Gladimir, 
that you ended up with a detached retina. Yes, I was training for my third third boxing match, and I, I received a jab in my right eye that put a bloodshot streak and kind of changed my vision a little bit. And but I wasn't diagnosed until after my third third boxing match, and uh, unfortunately, I came out the surgery blind. I went into the surgery scene, supposed to get attached back my retinal attached back and enter back into my sport, and came out tragically can't enter back into my sport. So you know, right then and there, it's like here's my whole life. I've been you know, dreaming of becoming a world champion, training, never dreaming of doing anything else. And then all of a sudden, days notice that I can't do it anymore. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful Faithful Radio Show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful Radio Show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradioshow.com. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. Now, once you got back, that's when you reached that dark point, that point where you just felt like your whole world was falling apart. Tell, tell our audience, our listening audience, a little bit about that, because I think that's important. The Bible says, God says, without a vision, people perish. Right. So here I was my whole life. I always had a vision. I always had a dream. And now... Here it is in 2008. I can't box anymore. We had the recession here. I don't know what I want to do with myself. I don't have a dream. I don't have a vision. I'm just here. Mm-hmm. And not only am I just here, I'm here during a time in American history, 2008, 2009, 2010. We're in this great recession right here. I am invested in the real estate market. I'm invested in securities. My wife, we didn't have any kids tell my wife was, you know, working crazy hours. And I really can't name a happy moment in my life. Nothing was going right at that time. And not having a vision, not having a career, not making any money. I'm losing money. Coming where it was. Nothing was right, man. I'm dealing with my eye. I can't see on my right eye. That's depressing enough. Right. I'm used to seeing out of two eyes. I'm always in pain. I'm hurting. I'm bumping my head into stuff. I just can't jump into another career that's going to pay for all these assets I've accumulated. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure here. Okay. And not just on me, but it's on my wife too. So, you know, and she's a younger lady that has never really experienced those ups and downs in life like I did going through a boxing career. So it caused us some, uh, you know, relationship problems and things. So I was experiencing so much at one time. Right. That at that time, in that depression time, the devil told me to kill myself. Oh like my always God. does. Yeah. When, you know, when, when depression strikes, first thing he always does is he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. That's so correct. That's, that's his agenda. That's his agenda. So he's always coming, kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Or go get on some drugs or lead you to something. And I got so depressed that, uh, you know, I thought about uh, all of that, you know, killing myself. And, and So how did you get beyond that point? Man, at that time, you know, 
I just stayed around people a lot. Um, I got more involved in the church, and I became an armor bearer to the pastor. And um, church was real charismatic and uplifting, and, and it was what I needed at that time. Right. And I stayed there, and I just stayed in the church a whole lot, stayed around positive people, stayed at different events. I would go around to different events and, and things all the time, just keep from being by myself. So what you did was is you found your passion in God, and you sort of started to rebuild your life from a positive standpoint. Right, that's all I could do. I mean, I didn't have a dream or a future to know what to do with myself, so just stay in the church. Just keep praying and just stay in the church and go in there and hear that music and praise and worship and, and be around other people that are happy and uplifting. And that was my, my motivation, just keep going. Now, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your, uh, not just that, but you have a company now that, you know, has sort of replaced that income deficit. And you started this company from scratch, and it's called Jack and Landlord. You put this company together. It's very unique, uh, the concept is. Tell us a little bit about the company. Yes, I was driving out of uh, Atlanta on a Labor Day Monday in 2012, and God laid this company in division and how it to be structured and everything because I had prayed to him to lead me to another another dream, mm-hmm. give me another vision like I had in boxing. So he gave me this company that guarantees the landlords so that landlords can lease without a security deposit that's mutually beneficial to the landlord and to the tenant. The tenant can move in and not have the security deposit to put up and keep the money in the pocket. And not only that, but pay it off along with their rent just over one year. The guarantee going to stay with them, at, but at a discounted amount. Not the full security deposit, but 65% of the security deposit they pay over 12 months. It's not refundable, but what it does for the landlord is it increases their landlord's renewals because the tenant, after the first year, is not paying the premium of the guarantee anymore. So they see a, a lower second-year rent, even with the rent increase. And then they'll renew for a third year because a third year rent is just about the same or maybe just a little bit higher than what they were paying the first year with the guaranteed premium. So tenants see it as a partnership with the landlord to save for home purchase over two to three years and keep their expenses the same. Okay. Now, you developed this sort of your, this was sort of your brainchild and you developed this program and you started offering it, offering it to landlords because at one time, I think in North Carolina, some of the landlords were doubling up on the deposit and it made it very difficult for people to get into a place. So it seems like to me that God led you to a place where you were able to help both the person who needed shelter and also the landlord who's providing shelter. Now, when you started this company, was it very difficult to get people to understand the concept, especially the landlords, or how, how difficult was it? It's still difficult because landlords have been leasing with security deposits forever. Okay. And when you're dealing with landlords, a lot of times you're dealing with management companies that no, aren't headquartered out of that office. Okay. So the chain of revenue, maybe the um, authority is, is kind of high, so it's difficult for the alternative security deposit industry, but we all working in it together. Well, you know, it has been great talking with you about this because I wanted to hear about your the business that you started, and, and I know at the end of the show, we're going to give you a chance to tell people, uh, especially some of these landlords, because there are a lot of um, uh, small landlords out here that could probably use your services, and want to make sure that we let you make an appeal to them to come and talk with you about the services. But I want to talk just a half second about giving back because you have been through a lot. You've learned a lot and you give back to younger men who are trying to become professional boxers. Is that correct? That is correct. I am the president of the Charlotte Boxing Academy and my role is 
mentoring youth through the coaches to become civilized individuals in society through positive working individuals after boxing by getting them a college education, a college scholarship to get them a college education through boxing. Once we get them on a level of three years of experience and nationally ranked, then they qualify for a scholarship with a lot of schools now or via the military. In our program, I raise funds to keep them traveling and into different tournaments and different competitions because you take any sport, nobody just going to go to practice. They want to play a game. Uh, there's a lot more we'd like to talk to you about. But what I want to do uh, at this moment is to give you an opportunity, number one, to tell uh, a lot of the landlords out there how to reach you at uh, Jack and Landlord. Right. Reach me via the website Jack and spell and A-N-D, Landlords, with an S, jackandlandlords.com. Or you can reach me at my email, info at jackandlandlords.com. But all of our contact information is at our website, jackandlandlords.com. Okay. And then, Calvin, tell us uh, how there, there may be a family out there that has a young man uh, that they want to get into boxing or something positive. How do they get a hold to you in order for you to maybe help direct them. Visit the Charlotte Boxing Academy or you can also go to the Mecklenburg County Park and Recreational website and search out boxing and Charlotte Boxing Academy will pop up and click on the link and you will find our location. We're at Remount and Barringer at the Revolution Sports Academy. Okay, Calvin, it's been great having you on the show today. And you know what? We're going to have you back again, brother, because I think your testimony is fantastic. I want to have a little bit more dialogue with you about uh, what the things that you've done and the things you've come through. But I thank you for being on the show today and look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, David. I really enjoy being on the Fake Connection Show. Oh
Conflict is a very difficult thing to deal with, and we live through conflict every day. But one of the things about conflict that we must realize is that conflict is necessary. It is necessary because conflict is difficult, but it is extremely necessary because it reveals the truth in our lives. Someone out there is going through a great conflict today. You're conflicted about your home, conflicted about your job, and it seems like the conflict you're going through makes your life extremely difficult to deal with. But I want you to know, you must embrace your conflicts because conflict brings forth personal growth and insight. It helps you to understand who you are and whose you are and how you're able to overcome things. The Bible says that we're more than conquerors because we're able to handle conflict by the grace of God. You know, the greatest conflict in life bring us the greatest tribulations in life. And sometimes those tribulations bring to us a great deliverance. The Civil Rights Movement is a great example of conflict at its best. It was a conflict that brought forth people and pulled people together of all races and colors. It brought people to a sense of understanding and love for one another. Even in your home, you must deal with conflict because in your home, conflict allows you to understand that it's better to talk to each other than to talk at each other. Your children, your family, everybody has conflict in their lives. So embrace your conflicts. Embrace your conflicts. Because if you're able to embrace your conflicts, you will understand that peace can come out of conflict. Because our great president, Ronald Reagan, once said, peace is not absent of conflict. It is the ability to handle conflict by peaceful means. So I admonish you today as we close, understand your conflicts and understand how to handle conflict because conflict is necessary in order to improve and strengthen your life. Embrace your conflicts. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose.